Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first up from One Roof on the 18th of April, back from the brink, New Zealand house sales jump 42% after a washout summer. Second topic from the New Zealand Herald on the 17th of April, mortgage demand drops as property market slumps further. Third topic from Stuff on the 19th of April, number of investment properties selling plummets to 83%. Fourth topic from Landlords.co.nz on the 17th of April, building costs, growth slows. And last but not least this week from Landlords.co.nz on the 20th of April, worst of house price drops could be at an end. So first topic for this week from One Roof on the 18th of April, back from the brink, New Zealand house sales jumped 42% after a washout summer. According to the latest Real Estate Institute of New Zealand data, house sales in March improved from one of the worst months on record. Total sales in March increased 42.9% month on month to 5,877, indicating that the market slump might be coming to an end. All regions except the West Coast and Tasman saw month-on-month gains in sales volumes. Hawke's Bay and Gisborne were up year-on-year. The REINZ figures, or RINES figures, also showed a 1.3%, that's $10,000 increase in the nationwide median sale price to $775,000. The West Coast and Southland median sales prices were also up year-on-year in March, while Canterbury's median sale price was only $20,000 lower than where it was at the end of summer 2022. Auckland and Wellington suffered the biggest house price year-on-year drops at $199,400 and $187,000 respectively. The median number of days to sell in March fell month-on-month in all regions except for Gisborne and Marlborough, with the national figure falling 15 days down to 45 days. Ryan's Chief Executive, Jen Beard, said that although activity picked up in March, this year's summer season has been muted. Prices have eased and properties are taking longer to sell. She added that buyers will take their time and negotiate, while some will wait for further price falls. On the other hand, motivated vendors are meeting the market with more realistic expectations on time frame and price. My thoughts on this are... If you're one of the people that are thinking of waiting until there's further price falls, you might live to regret that. So watch this space. Second topic this week in review is the New Zealand Herald on the 17th of April. Mortgage demand drops as the property market slumps further. Interesting to note that we've now got two opposite ends of the spectrum. One article that says that things look like we've passed the bottom and this one saying property market slumping more. But this tends to happen when the market's in a state of change as well. So in this article, it says mortgage spending continues to fall as home buyers across the country remain on the sidelines of a weakening housing market. According to Equifax, New Zealand's Consumer Credit Demand Index for the three months ended March, overall consumer credit demand fell 6.2% year on year, reaching its lowest point since the first COVID-19 lockdown in 2020. Compared to a year ago, demand for mortgages has fallen. Mortgage demand fell for the seventh consecutive quarter, according to Managing Director Angus Luffman, and he expects the declining housing market to continue well into the second half of the year. Although mortgage demand was stable over 2022, it is softer this year in terms of overall volumes. 
Luffman said consumers are cautious and taking on new commitments is not common in a circumspect environment. Significant drops in mortgage demand were observed in areas hit hard by severe weather events, according to the regional breakdown. The largest declines were in Nelson, Gisborne and Hawke's Bay. Meanwhile, unsecured credit applications, which include credit cards and personal loans, fell 0.7% year-on-year across the country. Even with a dip in consumer sentiment, there was a growing appetite for credit cards. Card usage was up 18.7%, boosted by spending on travel. If you want to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll talk about strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, and these events are available either live, online, or in person in our office in Ellerslie in Auckland. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can either attend one of our free events, because I also talk about our coaching program towards the end of the session, or you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also. It's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic this week in review, from staff on the 19th of April, number of investment properties selling plummets up to 83%. Since the market downturn began, the number of properties sold by investors and multi-property owners has decreased, with the number sold during the first quarter of the year being 83% lower than during the COVID-era peak. Some argue that investors are refusing to sell during the downturn, while others say they're unable to find buyers. According to property data firm Velocity, 17,329 investor-owned properties were sold in the fourth quarter of 2020. For the first quarter of this year, investors sold 2,791. Now that number is significant, isn't it? Because the fourth quarter of 2020, that's just after the tax changes were announced, which affected uh, landlords. So that's 17,329 less rental properties that are available in the market right now. No wonder we've had rent increases, you know, with supply and demand issues like that. So for the first quarter of this year, investors sold 2,791, which is significantly lower than that initial shock. Velocity head evaluations, James Wilson, said all owner groups experienced a fall in sales, but the fall in sales of properties owned by investors and multiple property owners surpassed the rest. In recent years, investors have been less active as both buyers and sellers. Wilson believes that potential buyers were using the wait and see approach while potential sellers were sitting back and watching where things go. Velocity doesn't keep a record of listings, so it can't tell if investors were not putting properties on the market or were they failing to sell them. According to Real Estate Institute data, the number of residential properties sold in March was down 15% year-on-year at 5,877. This is barely above half the rate of November 2020, where 10,220 were sold. Wilson stated that there was no large-scale sell-off or market exodus by investors. John Bolton, founder of mortgage brokerage Squirrel, believed that there was a softness in the market and investors wanting to quit properties but no buyers. Squirrel recorded large price falls in some markets. Some valuations from South Auckland, for example, are down 25% based on comparative sales. 
These were from lower quality second-hand properties, and a similar trend can be observed in Hamilton. Bolton believed that the market is bottomed, but it would take three months for that to be reflected in the data. Wilson stated that some investors would have paid top dollar prior to the market downturn and would have seen the value of their investment decline. Some may now be in negative equity, although the 40% deposit required in most cases provided some layer of insulation. Others would be long-term investors with good equity who sought rental yield rather than capital gains. Wilson said that the number of investor sales might increase after the first quarter of this year as property settlements get completed. He said that the large volumes of investment property sales at the peak of the market did not appear to be the result of savvy investors selling up when prices were high. My personal opinion on this is that I suspect we're about to see another wave of landlords selling. Well, it could go either way. Like This was the first tax year where only 50% of existing rental properties that interest on the mortgage will be tax deductible. So that means that property investors who owned property prior to the tax changes are going to see a significant increase in their tax bill. And combined with the increasing interest rates, it's going to make it harder for some landlords to hold on to those properties. So those people could be um, tempted to put their property on the market and just hope for the best. But then there's also another wave of property investors who are really hoping for a change of government. So they might be holding on just in case we get a change of government in October and, um, and those tax rules, which were stupid, hopefully they get reversed. Okay, Because at the moment, they're punishing tenants and punishing landlords as well. All right, fourth topic for this week in review, landlords.co.nz on the 17th of April, building costs growth slows. The worst of the construction materials crisis has passed with the rate of increase in the cost of building a residential home at its lowest since the late 2020s. The latest Cordell Construction Index, or the triple CI, indicated a 0.6% increase in construction costs in the March quarter. This is well below the average quarterly increase of 2% in 2021 and 2022. In the three months to March, the annual growth rate has slumped from 10.5% to 8.5%. One contributing factor is rising interest rates, which cause a drop in the number of new homes being consented. Plasterboard availability has improved and timber prices, particularly structural timber, has stabilised. Metal components are also showing a similarly flatter price trend. CoreLogic Chief Property Economist Calvin Davidson said it might take a while for the slowing influence to get reflected on output volumes and construction cost growth. After all, there is still a large pipeline of housing that's already been approved, which will keep builders busy in the coming months. He added that it's difficult to measure how construction costs might evolve over the rest of the year with fewer houses to build in the short term. However, the widespread damage caused by Cyclone Gabriel and the rebuilding requirements are yet to be seen, which may put new stress on construction costs as resources are redirected to that work. Even with falling inflation numbers, Davidson does not foresee a fall in construction costs. According to Davidson, demand incentives such as tax breaks for people who invest in new build properties should give developers some confidence to continue building new projects. The CCCI report tracks the rate of change in residential construction costs for a typical standard three-bedroom, two-bathroom, brick-and-tile, single-storey home. Last topic for this week in review from landlords.co.nz on the 20th of April. 
worst of house price drops could be at an end. The average house price decline has surpassed the worst point of the global financial crisis. Even if property prices had fallen 10.5% in the past year, we may be seeing the end of the downturn. Despite the 50 basis point cash rate hike earlier this month, the stabilisation of mortgage rates is one of the several market indicators signalling a possible end to the country's extended property slump. The CoreLogic housing chart pack reveals positive signs and metrics such as sales volumes, listing numbers and an easing in pricing falls. Chief Property Economist Calvin Davidson stated that despite further house price falls last month and lower property activity levels, the market fundamentals are not as weak as they have been. Areas with the weakest value trends are in North Island, part of Canterbury and the West Coast. However, there were hints in last month's sales data which showed that the market may be experiencing early signs of a slight tightening due to fewer new listings. In the March quarter, average property values fell 2.4%, and Davidson doesn't rule out further price drops in the short term, but says there's little movement among banks and lenders to pass on the most recent OCR increase. He believes that this decision suggests mortgage rates may have reached their peak, He added that high employment rates, rising net migration and the possibility of some investors coming back into the market as they try to preempt debt-to-income ratio caps next year could contribute to the downturn ending in the second half of 2023. However, Davidson stated uncertainty still remains high. And I would like to add the fact that the Reserve Bank hasn't said that they are going to install those debt-to-income ratios in March 2023 or 2024 rather. What they have said is that it's going to be in their toolbox, so they're not going to consider implementing it before that date at the earliest. But there's absolutely no indication from the Reserve Bank that it's a done deal. In fact, I think unless the property market starts to take off and that puts um, pressure on, on New Zealand's economy or the confidence in the housing market you know, being an issue for the economy, I don't think the Reserve Bank is going to install those debt-to-income ratios until it becomes a problem. So not likely to see it this stage in the property cycle. Here are the highlights from the CoreLogic housing chart pack. Auckland City had the smallest drop in Q1 values, down 0.8% in the three months to March in the Auckland region. Papakura has experienced the greatest drop, falling 6.1% during the period. Wellington has recorded the largest drop in average property values among the main centres at 20% in the 12 months to March. Christchurch has experienced the least declines at 2.9% for the same period. In the year to March, sales volumes were 30.9% lower than the previous year. In the four weeks ending April 9, there were 7,680 new listings compared to 10,907 in the same period in 2022. The total number of stock on the market is 36,172, which is significantly higher than the five-year average of 30,803. First-time buyers continue to be a strong presence in the property market, accounting for 25% of all purchases in quarter one of 2023, albeit sales numbers are still quite low. Annual rental growth is around 3% in the year to March, which is lower than in 2022, owing to tenants' affordability constraints. We're seeing early signs of the market moving to another phase in the property cycle, and we want to give you all the information you need in order to achieve your goals. 
So join me for our upcoming event, How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023, with my tips as a financial advisor regarding strategies for successful investing. Their live training sessions, updated weekly, held either online or in our Auckland office, and there's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as possible. Obviously, the other alternative is to become a client of ours, in which case we give you a lot more information than I give out in the free events. But the free events are a good place to start. You can register for one of our free events on our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz and check out the details there. And if you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we can help you as a client of Property Apprentice, you can also book a meeting or phone call with him via our website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. 